in any direction, just someone that has that experience or can help you through your experience at that time. And it's something which, at least I feel, today's society has very little of, yet it is so fundamental to either learn quicker, achieve what you want, or process things in a, in a better way. So overall, it just makes such an impact. Welcome to the Crystal Guardian Podcast. My name is Caressa, and this is a show on which I share about my life as a healer and crystal artist. Here, we meet at the crossroads of creativity and consciousness, art and spirituality, giving a voice to the visionaries of today. warm welcome to everyone. Today I have a very special podcast guest because I have my fiance Alessandro. He Hello. agreed to come on today and we're gonna we're gonna go in. There are a few things that I have learned from you over the course of us being together which I wanted to dive into. But first, do you maybe want to tell something about yourself? Sure. Well, I'm Alessandro. I'm uh, 30 now. <sighs> Big 3-0. Didn't really mean anything. Half Italian, half American. Grew up in the Netherlands, though. And I have a very strong passion for anything related to agri-food in combined with digital or technology. Yeah. So to get right off the bat, he is not super <laughs> spiritual. I, I remember when uh, Kira, one of my dear friends, when we became friends, she actually had been to one of my crystal grid experiences before and just knew me through Instagram. And, and she thought that I had this super spiritual, super enlightened <laughs> partner. I, I, I still think I, that can, well, I, I find myself quite enlightened. <laughs> yeah. No, but I'm not, uh, let's say spirituality is not my main main occupation or main focus. No, but Although you... it always has been some kind of part of my life. Like even before we met, I would do yoga or go to silent retreats. And yes, definitely being with you has made that evolve. It's been a bit of a catalyst. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, you were, you had your toes in when we met and I just took you and dived straight into the deep end. I remember also it was one of the things you mentioned in the beginning where you were like, or you mentioned that you were into spirituality and then you were like looking at, okay, how is he going to react? Is he going to be okay or is it going to be weird? And I was like, okay, sure. Yeah, you were super cool about it. And I remember when you told a story about your father who used to do palmistry when you were growing up. And, and then I had, which in the end, like your dad's not very spiritual or anything. This was just a random, one of the random things that he does. But you telling me that, I was like, okay, so he's got it. I can, like, it's okay. There's I can let end. out the I weird. Start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, do we maybe want to tell a little bit of the story of how we met? I feel like you really want to tell that story. <laughs> I think it's nice. I think it's nice to kind of give a... Give a little picture of, yeah, who, who's this guy that's sitting here with me that's uh, going to marry me mm -hmm, in October. 
Yeah, so should I just tell the story? Yeah, go ahead. I'll uh, add on or uh, tell my story whenever <laughs> relevant. Unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, so we had a first date. We met on Happen, which is kind of like Tinder, but then a bit different. We had a date and we had fun. Okay. It was okay. It was nothing special. Nothing special, no. <laughs> And very shortly after... No sparks were flying. No, no sparks, no sparks. Yeah, and you were you were going to go and live abroad for quite a while. I was going to go travel for quite a while afterwards. So it was also, you know, kind of that under layer of, yeah. So, you know, like why, why would we really go further into this? Because we're both going our own ways after this. But yeah, after the dates... On my dates, on the dates, on our dates, yeah. I had shared that I taught crystal, crystal Ariel oh Silk. Gosh. I taught Ariel Silks. And when you were in Bali on your trip, you sent so me a picture. You said you would also be in Bali while traveling, or at least Indonesia and Australia. Yeah. And then I yeah. was in Bali just for the weekend. And then I saw in a club, I saw someone in Ariel, in Ariel Silks and I'm like, I know someone that does aerial silks that is here. And then I sent you a message like, hey, or I don't even remember what I exactly said, but something about that. I, I think it was just like, haha, look what I saw. Something like that. Yeah. 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 Which was a couple of months after after the dates. And I at the time, I mean, if you have listened to the <laughs> the podcast of I think it's just called my first. my my spiritual journey or something like that. It's one mm. of the first then you know what I was doing in Australia. I was having quite the life-changing journey. And yeah, I mean, I was in the midst of that, of my trip there. And two weeks after you sent me the message, I think I, I replied with, oh, haha. Cool fun. story, bro. Yeah. Something like that, but then it's like, equivalent. Great, yeah. yeah. And then nine months, nine months after that first date, when we were both back in the Netherlands again, you sent me another text. So you had said during our first date that you were, uh, you wanted to go come back and then study a specific field and you needed to do a, like an exam to get in, which was mostly chemistry. And I had studied chemistry and somehow that stuck. And I just asked you, hey, how did that exam go or did you manage to get in? Yeah, so can you imagine you go on a date with a guy and no sparks are flying. And nine months after that date, the guy <laughs> sends a message. Hey, so did you get into that uh, <laughs> that university that you applied to? And I was just, I thought it was so funny. And this, this then I didn't know, but this is such a typical thing for you to do, to really remember things about people and to, yeah, you're very thoughtful and also have a great, great mind. Or a I, can, great I can remember these details and then I usually just send little messages. I'm terrible at just regular <laughs> WhatsApp communication or keeping up to date, but these kind of things, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and after that moment, it was kind of, we started texting for quite intensely for a few days. And then after a while, it was like, okay, what are we doing? Either we should go on another date or we should stop. Yeah, well, you were like that. And I was <laughs> yeah. thinking, when is this guy going to ask me out? <laughs> yeah, and afterwards, well, then the sparks did fly. And afterwards, it's been uh, all sparks. It's been all sparks. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's been it's been a fun, fun journey. So we were both living in Utrecht then. 
I think a year after. So for me, usually when I know I own something, I I have like this on off switch. And for me, a few months in, I was like, okay, on, this is the guy. Like, that's just, you know, like I knew this was it. You know, like after a year, I was like, okay, so let's just move in, which was quite soon-ish. But then, yeah, we moved in together in Amsterdam, lived there for three years. Yeah, a bit longer. Yeah. And now, two years ago, we moved back to... to, Utrecht. Yeah, two years ago already. Wow. We moved back to Utrecht. When the whole uh, pandemic thing started, we kind of moved. Yeah, right at the beginning of the first lockdown... We uh, we moved here, back here to Utrecht. Yeah. Yeah, and in October we're gonna get married in Italy. August we already go there. Yeah, yeah. I've shared about this on the podcast before, okay. but we but we go we we are planning to go on a really really cool trip journey for a bit of a longer time to Florence and Italy. We're gonna live there from the end of August until December, and then we're gonna be away. After it as well, going to be in Cape Town for like one and a half months probably, which like it had always been kind of one of our dreams to go on like a bigger trip together and really have some time off of work and studies and whatever had been going on while we've been together. And yeah, it's finally happening. Really exciting. Yeah. So that's the story. (laughs) (laughs) That's our story. And no, wait, actually, before I dive in there, I just want to ask you, (laughs) (laughs) what is it like to be with me? Just to give give the people a little bit of an inside scoop. So it's a lot of fun. You're very playful, energetic, can be very, almost like with like a super smiley kid, but then without it being, let's say, childish, so to say, but just the the energy or the vibe of a kid, but as an adult. On the other hand, it can be sometimes fairly clumsy or you're just dropping random stuff or that can also be part of it. I never drop stuff. No, of course not. And in general, what you mentioned before is, yeah, you have very strong emotions or when you know something, it's quite clear. You're very uh, fiery in that way or always with very clear intentions. You want to do things. And you need to do things in your own way. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This this we've learned yeah. over time. And that's also maybe a fun thing to share. Like you have a background in management consultancy, quite a big global company. And can we say the name? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yes. So I used to work at McKinsey as a strategy consultant focused on digital. So that's big corporate kind of things. Yeah, yeah. You you were the person that they would bring in if shit's going on and big companies need to figure out, like, what's the next step or what do we have to do? You started this job in the first year or in the second year of us being together? I think in the first. Depends when you depends count. Depends on what you count, yeah. Sure. Yeah, but in the, in the first year that we were together and... And we learned that... With Caressa, your company is not like a multinational. <laughs> Big surprise. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Uh, it's been, it's not been only, funny. Yeah, not only that, but also the way you work, think and operate is different also in how you work with your own company. Yeah. So we had to experience that. 
Yeah, yeah. You would often, you know, like you come from this this field where you do things from a very logical kind of point of view. And, you know, you have a strategy and how can we scale this and how can we make this? It's very analytical, but always very much growth oriented. Yeah, yeah. Well, for me and my company, I sometimes do things which are erratical or which don't make any sense at all. (laughs) But I just feel like I have to do this and then and then it works. But this was funny for for us to kind of figure out, like, for you, okay, when to step in and support and help me, because you have been a really, really big help and support in me figuring out my business as well. But also, where do I let go what you think or what, you know, kind of like, what's the norm and where do I just follow my guts? And I feel now after, you know, five and a half years of being together, I I think we have it figured out fairly well, not only with uh, your uh, company, but also on other parts. Yeah. We've learned very much what works, what doesn't work, and moreover, mostly how to communicate that with each other. Yeah, that's one of our strengths, our communication. We have like this superpower of... (laughs) Superpower of communication. Yeah, well... It is a superpower. It is, yeah, I think it is. Like, no matter what happens, we can talk about it, and we can talk about it from a very pure and loving place. Yeah. yeah. And because of that, you know it will always turn out okay. Mm. Feels very safe. Yeah. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so what I wanted to have you on for is one of the things that you have really taught me in life, next to being a super analytical person. <laughs> uh, you have really taught me the importance of mentorship and having people in your life to... Yeah, to have as support, people to look up to, people to learn from. This was something that does not come naturally to me at all. I'm very much an Einzelganger. You can be as well, but you in a different way. Yeah, yeah can you just share a little bit on, on what has mentorship, what have people that have been mentors to you, what, what has that meant to you in your life? A lot of thoughts going through my head at the moment. I think in general, over the past few years, I've been more realizing what it has meant and also been able to put it into words more. So it kind of went, it happened organically. But what it now really means or what it means to me is very much that I imagine that, I don't know how many hundred years ago, you would be more part, let's say, of a tribe. And then all the men would be together and all the women would be together. Mm. And then you would always have, let's say, people that are 5, 10, 15 years older that are not per se family, but are kind of like, your elders or can potentially guide you in certain situations or they have they have certain experiences which are so fresh for them, which you're experiencing now. Absolutely. They see like the younger people in a village struggling yeah. and they're like, okay, you just come here and let me just... Or vice versa, right? You ask them, but yeah. there's that interaction. And if you look more at today's society, that doesn't happen organically. What you have is usually you have your own friends which usually are roughly the same generation and your friends can still be mentors in a certain way, but it is slightly different. Mm. And you usually have your parents in most cases, but the role of a parent is very different of the role of a mentor. And sometimes you really need someone else. And I can imagine that maybe a few, like 100, 200, or a few years ago, that would potentially be more like an uncle or an aunt. But also now, or at least with my family, it's very international so there's no aunts or uncles living nearby so it's kind of that role of 
a, a 10 year older brother or something like that, that can kind of help you in situations. Mm. Um, and it doesn't have to be someone that knows you very well, because it really depends on what you're doing. It can also be in your specific field or something that you're trying to learn or experience emotionally yourself. So it's in any direction, just someone that has that experience or can help you through your experience at that time. And it's something which at least I feel today's society has very little of, yet it is so fundamental to either learn quicker, achieve what you want, or process things in a, in a better way. So overall, it just makes such an impact. So it's really something that I've realized that I've actively in the past looked for, and that now I want to continue always to do, and it's always an important thing for me. Yeah, absolutely. So that in short. Can, can you tell the story about your chemistry teacher? Right. So I think that's one of the first kind of mentors that I had. So my chemistry teacher was also did some other extracurricular programs, MUN and a few other things. So I would have, besides just chemistry, MUN I would MUN is Model United Nations. So besides just the actual coursework, we would have a lot of interactions outside that as well. And in general, he just became someone that I could ask certain things to about, okay, do I want to stay in the Netherlands for university or should I do something else? And in general, you started creating a, a bit more than a regular just student-teacher relationship mm. because I was involved with so many other things, which I worked with him together. And he was a great guy, very smart, had all these different degrees, but was still very young and had chosen, I want to teach at high school, regardless of whatever opportunities there were. Yeah. So he, in that phase, he meant quite a bit to me. And that's also basically the reason why I went to study chemistry, because I always, I just wanted to study a natural science. It could have been physics or math, wouldn't have cared at that point. But because of him, I did that. And also afterwards, I would occasionally, I would either have email contact with him or like once in four or five years, just have a visit. And yeah, I think that was one of the first kind of real mentors I don't know if it's really a real mentor, but someone that had more of a mentor role for me. And in general, was specifically when studying, it was also just something that kind of happened organically because you need to like specialize in a field or you want to. And this is also one of the points that I think I discuss with you a lot about. You want to learn something. There are people that are experienced at something. You basically just go up to them and say, hey, I love whatever you're doing. I'm interested. And usually people love talking about their passion. Yeah. So to really hitch hitch your ride on theirs and, and that passion, that's really... Exactly. And this was something that was very unnatural to me and, and also a bit hard to kind of wrap my mind around because I've always been, at, like, I'm a little bit socially awkward mm -hmm. and a little bit, like, not shy if I am kind of the, the main person in a group because then I feel like I have sort of earned my place or something and, and then I can be quite confident and, and at ease. It's and different as a group member or if you're the facilitator or you're exactly. the host. It's a very different Yeah, role. yeah. And when, when I'm the either the student or just one in a bigger group, I get quite shy. It's, it's a hard environment for me to kind of move in. And also for me, you know, like, 
learning from you that, hey, if you contact someone that you admire or that you look up to and you just say like, I love what you're doing and this is just so great and your work is so amazing. Can we have a coffee or cake? Like, can you chat about almost every single person would love getting that message. And, you know, they're like, of course we can grab a coffee or of course I'll share with you about X, Y, Z. I think in general, and also a bit for you, just the asking of help sometimes is a bit, to boot is a bit strong, but people don't feel like they can ask for help. Whereas someone can say no, that's okay. And then it's either dealing with the rejection, but if you can manage to be very light about that and just be able to brush that off fairly easily, then there isn't much of a rejection because it's also someone you don't really know. It's just a potential opportunity. Yeah. So in Dutch, people say, nee heb je, maar ja kan je krijgen. Yeah. So you always have a no, but you can turn it into a yes by just asking. Yeah. So why not ask? Mm-hmm. And I think that's something which you... Uh, well, I have the fear of rejection yeah. a lot. And then I feel like, oh, they have said no to me and now I can't be in that space again or they probably think I'm a bother or da-da-da-da-da. And I feel like with having my own company, I've had to do this quite a lot and I've had to expose myself to a lot of rejection and I've had a lot of rejection. And I feel like I've grown in that and I've become better at it, but it's still something for me that's been... That's been hard. It's hard for me to receive a no because I really value a yes. Yeah. I think it's also, without going too deep here, obviously, but it's also just a matter of perception. If you keep seeing these things or these moments as rejections, then it's making it bigger. Well, specifically with running your own company, it's just part of doing that. So mm-hmm. seeing it as rejection just makes it bigger than it's just, this is run it, what, what it means to... Yeah. To run a business by yourself. Yeah. Would you have some advice on how to see it that way or how to kind of brush it off? Or because for me, it's something that's really hard. And as we're talking about it, I'm like, well, like I can see where it comes from for me. Like I've had quite a bit of bullying growing up and being just in bigger groups of people where I'm not, where I'm an equal. If the rest is really hard for me. But then, yeah, like how? I think. Specifically in these kind of situations, usually what happens is, and that's without going, maybe not so much focusing on the company, but in general, it's when people say that they don't have time to help you or that they don't want to or any kind of form of those rejections, that is rarely because they don't like you as a person. First of all, in most cases, they don't really know who you are. Mm. So they just get an impression. So they get, let's say, 5% of you. They get like a little elevator pitch. They get like a sliver. And if they, then in the rare case that the rejection comes because they don't like what is shown, then it's a rejection of a few percent of you. So it's not even rejecting you. It's only a sliver that, that they've seen or experienced. So it's it's never a wholehearted rejection, whereas a lot of, or you can feel as if it is, but it, but it's not. Yeah, because you open your heart and you're like, oh, this is me, yeah. this is what I do. And th- and then when someone just or says no or just does not respond. What you also see is that there's just a certain, let's say, I don't know if it's a maximum gap, but if I go now and I, I don't know, send Elon Musk a message and say, hey, let's talk about tech. 
then obviously nothing's going to happen. Mm. So there is some kind of range as to, whereas I'm sure, I don't know if that's the case for him, but people that are very, let's say, high profile or successful at what they do, that they also take mentorship into account mm. and that they also want to be the mentor of certain people. At least I go under the assumption that that's just natural and how the world works. Mm-hmm. This is also how you have been kind of trained in also McKinsey working there. The mentorship is a big Definitely. part of that. So you do see it more in But the, also in student associations in general. Yeah, that's also not part of my life. No. The point I wanted to make is that there is a certain gap that if you obviously send someone a message which they are very far away from you, mm-hmm. then the likelihood of them being a real mentor is very small. Yeah. doesn't mean you shouldn't try because they always can connect you to someone or help you for a next step in your journey. But even then, if they say no, what does it matter? Like you, you don't lose anything. Yeah. You can only gain. Mm, very true. And then the moments that people do say yes, it can be really cool. And I've had through your kind of coaching and just saying to me like, come on, just send them a message. Or when I've been in contact with someone you know, you really pushing me of, okay, you know, like send them another message or ask them this or ask them that. And I I have had, yeah, a couple of really great mentors in my life after that and still sort of working on it. And sometimes it's really hard work because <laughs> the other person is also not really used to being a mentor. So uh, like, for example, yeah, I'm not going to call, <laughs> I'm not going to say names, but like people, someone that I have been um, kind of reaching out to, you know, I have been offering, you know, whatever you are doing, can I help? Do you need some extra hands? And if I just put myself in in their position, I would also think like, okay, I don't know, you know, I'm just doing my stuff and I have my own little way of work. I, like, sure, I can use some help. But then in the moment when you're doing it, you're just so used to doing it yourself. So you're not used to reaching out. So it has also been a practice for me of really continuously saying like, hey, remember, I am here for you. Can I can I do anything for you? Because I also think that having a mentor, it's not a one-sided thing if the mentor only gives to you, but you also give your own time and energy to them. And then it becomes this reciprocal. So quite often what I see is indeed that it becomes a loyalty street. So your mentor gives you or shows you certain experiences, which then, and I can imagine for you that's different, but this is also very much in a work, let's say in a more corporate kind of work environment. Mm. A mentor gives you trust, teaches you things and helps you with certain things. And in return, there's some kind of loyalty in terms of either help or execution of certain things or teaming up on certain things, but it has a lot to do with loyalty for me at least. Yeah. And what has been the kind of the the greatest enrichments that you can kind of call from having mentors in your life? I don't think that, at least I won't be able to think of one single thing. What Maybe. would that be, for, yeah, from your perspective or? It's, it's a hard question to answer. I was more so thinking myself when I asked a question of kind of the contrast of you being in a different working environment right now where you don't really have mentorship and you do miss it a lot. So I have less mentorship for sure, but I think definitely in my current environment, it's much more me quite often taking the mentor role Mm. rather than having a very close or very active mentor. 
because I, I do, but it's just in a slightly different way. Yeah, but then you, like you have shared with me that you do really miss having that kind of older person or person that's a little bit higher up. So the the, the eventually, the, with the mentorship, what it brings to me quite often is a, just a steeper learning curve. Mm-hmm. And that at one point becomes... Can you frame that more romantically, a steeper learning point? What does that mean? <laughs> you You gather... You're exposed to different experiences at a quicker rate, which means you learn and develop yourself more quickly. Mm-hmm. Still not very romantic. I no. Think. <laughs> <laughs> How would you phrase that? Uh, well, it's not sort of phrasing, but more so give it a bit more uh, juice. You know, like how, how, what does that make you feel, or how does it maybe also add belonging? Or I think it's just it, it gives. For me, at least, learning new things and developing myself gives a lot of self-fulfillment. Mm-hmm. just makes me happy. Yeah. And yeah, mentors can enable that. Yeah. And in general, I think help of people. Help is nice. Help of people is basically mentorship. Yeah, basically. Yeah, It is nice to be supported, to have a community around you that you know that whatever happens, you can call someone. And I, I think it makes us feel less lonely as well. That gets a bit more towards friendships. And well, I think, okay, so... Like a mentor so, doesn't have so, to be a friend. No, no, no. But I'm not saying it, mm-hmm. it should be a friend. But I think having a mentor can make you feel less alone. For example, for me being in my field where I am quite alone. Sure. Um, yeah. uh, I don't really have co-workers. I don't really have people doing the same stuff as I'm doing. Because I have created my own field, basically. Or when I started doing this, I was the the only person in the Netherlands mm-hmm. making this kind of artworks. And it has been hard for me to find people in that kind of crossroads of I'm making art, but it's also very spiritual and very deeply. Mm-hmm. It's more specific. Devotional. And, so. and that has felt very alone for me. But having those mentors, it does feel more like, oh, here are my people. Yeah. You'll obviously never find like an individual that's doing exactly what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Won't happen. But people have experiences which can relate. And it also differs what kind of mentorship you're looking for. If it's really to build a certain skill set or to, let's say, for example, with you working, how to work with crystals or how to polish them. That's more like a hard skill. Mm-hmm. And that is find someone that does it and just spend time with them. Yeah. That's something different and maybe let's say more energy healing it's kind of in between yeah and the soft skills more how do i deal emotionally with this Mm -hmm. or this situation or so it really also depends what kind of uh, direction that is yeah yeah because for me for example when i had people copying my arts Mm -hmm. that was really hard for me also because i didn't really have people Like every time I shared my story, it was with someone who had one part of it. You know, they had either experienced it themselves because they made art or they could imagine what it is spiritually. But no one that that was also in the field and also knew where I was coming from with more so looking at it from, yeah, from a more holistic point of view. So also looking at the energy behind it. And, yeah. and that was really... Like it was hard for me to level with with people or to kind of like think like, okay, am I being fair in in this or am I over? Yeah, I can imagine. 
Yeah. So, yeah, I guess for me, for me, it has been kind of that being less alone in my field. And I mean, it's still a work in progress for me. I don't have, you know, my solid mentors, but. I feel like you do this a lot and specifically in these kind of things. I wouldn't say baby steps because that's not, doesn't do it justice, so to speak. But you do it in, in your own time, in your own way, in small steps. Yeah. Yeah, I have been more so. You get super happy, though, when things happen <laughs> and they're like nice, but you get you could actually hear it in the, or I can see it in you, in the, when you say that, like, the, yeah, at that moment, you already kind of get into that a bit more towards yourself mm. phase, whereas every time it happens or let's say you have a certain interaction with someone, you're like really enjoying it and you really love it. Yeah, very true, very true. It is nice. It is so nice to have those connections with people and for me to, you know, have people to look up to and to kind of think like, yeah, that's where I want to go. Like, I want to be in a museum. And mm. it, it also, for me, because, you know, the kind of the contrast of me just being by myself in my little studio, yeah. just making my art, putting it out into the world, I didn't really have a framework of what was possible for me. You know, seeing other people do really, really great stuff in the same intersection as where I'm working, it has opened so many gateways for me and, and really kind of shifted my perspective of what is possible. And I mean, right now I'm in a very big transition because of that. Yeah. I think without having that shift in perspective, I wouldn't have never made yeah. those steps. It's super important to keep receiving new impulses or to stay stimulated in the field or whatever you're doing. Yeah. Because then you get these new creative insights or you decide, hey, this is how I want to approach the situation. Or You need Absolutely. to be exposed to, you need to continuously be exposed to new inputs. <sighs> so much, so much. Like I have really noticed this over, you know, the last two years of having the global pandemic and whatever. <laughs> You know, I was so in my own cocoon and I noticed that every time that I go out again and, for example, now I've been teaching for quite a while and I can feel my fire growing and growing exactly. and growing because you have that interaction again with other human beings, which is, big surprise, very important. <laughs> it's funny for me to experience that because I am an introvert, mm -hmm. but then I do still need those extrovert kind of outings to... Yeah, I wouldn't say recharge because I recharge and I kind of digest situations and things when I'm by myself, but I do get re-inspired or re-ignited exactly. yeah. when I am with other people interacting. I think it's both, right? Because you can also get re-inspired or ignited while you're just doing your work and you're really enjoying it. But sometimes that works, but sometimes you been doing that too long and then you just need a bit of a outside input yeah i am really thinking of like human design now in the back of my <laughs> mind and of you know like what that means in the different things we both had a reading with susanna mm -hmm. who does not do any just separate readings anymore she does now business coaching and then a part of that is human design reading so i can't help you there but she is really really cool susanna smilders yeah like i i had I think it's like the bottom kind of place where you have your 
ignition, basically, of like the energy of, okay, let's get going, let's do stuff. And for me, that one is undefined. So it's it's empty. I don't have, per se, that really big initial, like, okay, let's get started energy. I do have a lot of energy once I'm going. Then I can, you know, like, then I forget the whole world. Yeah. And you get upset with me because I get... <laughs> home way too late and dinner is super late and the whole world's in shambles just because I'm so in my zone. Um, You're just off of the planet then. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm in a different place. But you really do have that initial, like, okay, let's just yeah. do it energy. And I, I really appreciate that in you as well. And I'm very quick to act in general. Yeah. I'm not so quick to just sit still or... Oh, no, very absolutely quick. not. Very quick to act, very quick to have thoughts about a topic. Yeah, yeah. To, yeah, sometimes we uh, we can bump heads in that department a little bit because you, uh, you're you like, okay, let's get going. Let's do some stuff. Like, what are we going to do next? And I'm like, you know, if... What if, do you mean? Yeah, if I'm by myself, I can have like my morning ritual until 12 in the afternoon. Yeah, I can't imagine that. Uh, Hey, Snoop. Cat just walked in. Yeah. Our princess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is there is there anything that you want to share before we kind of... I don't really have something top of mind. Mm. I'm just thinking more in general. It was fun to be on the podcast, even though it feels weird because I'm just sitting in my living room. <laughs> So it feels very natural, but yet it's different. Yeah, I, I've i been kind of thinking like I, of course I am, but I'm different doing the podcast with you than I am doing the podcast with other people or by myself. I notice like I'm a bit more in my natural, like je ne sais quoi <laughs> state. It seemed quite normal. To me, I don't know. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, it's 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 my how I am with you normally. Mm. And it just feels a very, very homely and very comfy. Whereas normally it does feel like a little bit like... Um, tension or something. Yeah, like there's a little bit more tension yeah, maybe. Imagine. Because it's, you know, like you turn on the mic and it's like, okay, now I'm going to talk. And you kind of talk into a void or you talk to someone you don't really know that well. And... And with you, it just feels like we're chatting and, and there happens to be a microphone here. And we always have very deep talk talks about mentorship over the kitchen table. Exactly. Every night. <laughs> we never watch Netflix. <laughs> 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 we are going to watch less Netflix at night now that we have a normal house again. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know if that's an, a topic. Uh, well, I have shared a little bit about that on the podcast. That we're continuously renovating something. Yeah, we have been renovating a lot. It's kind of like in, in fragments. So I'm happy it's kind of like all over now. Yeah, it's done now. We have a house and it's finished and it's white and everything works. <laughs> and we are only getting the very last thing this next week, which is the... Shower... Uh... Cabin, yeah. glass, wall. <laughs> the glass for the shower. Yeah, so they, they are coming to install that and then it is done, then yes. we are done. So we have our kind of safe haven back again and I've spent the whole day today reorganizing my own little room 
basically. And yesterday, not the whole day, but like half of the day yesterday and half of the day today, uh, reorganizing. And I did my yoga again this morning. I felt like, oh, I can... Do you have your space back? I can land again. I have my space back. Yeah. I am very happy with the house right now. Good. Yeah. Me too. Am I going to have you back on the podcast once we are in Italy and we can share about our adventure? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Sounds good. Share us. Like creating in the kitchen. <laughs> creating in the kitchen. I like it. Alessandro was going to do a chef's course when we are in Italy. So you're going to do like a professional chef's yes. school, which you don't want to be a chef, but it's been something that well, you should tell us. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's always been something I kind of thought about. So if I wouldn't have gone to university, I, I would have wanted to become a chef. Or at least I would have gone to chef school. And it's part of the broader passion for agri-food and tech. Mm. Uh, it ends up in the kitchen. Well, it ends up on the dining table. But yeah, it's a lot of fun and it's good to, uh, to have a small break and to be uh, working with my hands and less with my head. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and then the big question that everyone always asks. So, do you cook every night? Not every night. <laughs> but lately, definitely the majority lately of the nights. Lately, you have been cooking a lot, yeah. Lately being more than a few weeks. Like <laughs> a severe amount of months. But before, before that... When I used to work at McKinsey, you would cook more. Yeah, I would cook a lot. Yeah. And now it's... Well, lately you have cooked a little bit more, but I feel we're going more towards a, mm-hmm. a 50 uh-huh. Uh, but you can, like you, uh, you always say there's a difference between preparing a meal and cooking. Exactly. And what we do at night is preparing a meal. Yeah. And yeah, if we, if, if we have friends over, you make a plan and it's like, okay, we are the whole <laughs> Saturday we spend getting groceries, going to all the special places to get the food that marinate we cook there. For hours. Yeah, marinate it. Do like like the whole the whole thing. Yeah. It's a whole um it's a whole journey. To me that's art. Yeah. Yeah. And then I make a what's it called? A charcuterie plate? Platter. Platter. Like a food platter. I make a food platter, which is my art, my uh, my food <laughs> grids that I make. Exactly, food grids. Yeah. If ever, ever, ever I stop making crystal grids, I stop making art, I will turn that into a business because I think I could make some serious money doing that and have some serious fun. So we'll discuss that next time. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for being here, my love. Thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, but I said it feels weird to end while we're just <laughs> sitting here in the living room. Yeah, we are gonna we are gonna make some dinner now. Yes, who's yeah. gonna make it? Oh, mm-hmm. that's the question. <laughs> Stay tuned for more. <laughs> no. Uh, okay. Well, thank you, my love. Thank you, everyone, for listening to our chat. I hope you had some fun getting to know Alessandro. I hope I see you again for the next one. Speak soon. Bye.